honor of speaking to you two weeks in a row. Uh, when Pastor, well, <laughs> there was a couple reasons for that. Number one, I knew if I was even going to talk about horses at all, there was no way I was going to do that in one week. For two reasons. First of all, there was things I knew I was going to say in week one that I had to bring clarity to in week two. So I pray the Holy Spirit brings some clarity this morning. The other reason is, there's no way I was going to get it done in one week. I look at my notes, even today I told Matt, I said, man, I said, you know, bless him, he's, he's playing up here, worshiping, leading us in worship. He said, looking forward to today. I said, I'm looking forward to it too, what God's going to do and how it's going to come out. I got it on paper, but he's got it in my heart. And uh, we've been in, it's not normal for 11 weeks. And I said last week, that's not normal unto itself, doing an 11-week message. And we talked about a lot of it's not normals. And in this Christian life that we're called to, there's a lot of it's not normals. And uh, today, um, I'm doing part two of it's not normal to outrun the horses. And we'll talk about what that means. But it's not normal. The scripture that Pastor Brian launched this series with comes to us out of 1 Corinthians 3.3. It says, you're still following the ways of the world. He was talking to Christians, the church. And he said, you're still, you're still following the ways of the world. Some of you are jealous. Some of you argue. So aren't you following the ways of the world? Aren't you acting like ordinary human beings? And the, and the implied challenge is, you're not an ordinary human being. You're not normal. You're not supposed to look normal. You're not supposed to act normal. You're not supposed to be normal. Why? Because Jesus came, lived, and died so that I don't have to live a normal life. That's what happened. That's what he did. And God had that plan way back when the problem showed up in the garden. Go read it, Genesis 3. Before the devil showed up and wreaked havoc on planet earth and in mankind, God had a solution already, and he knew his name. And he said, one day, he said, you did something here, devil, but one day, there's one coming, he's going to bust your head open. Go read it. It's in there. God had the answer before we ever had a problem. Now, I speak of those things and. uh I, as a matter of fact, uh, I started, I was drawn to, I went to Pastor Brian, we were in a, actually we were in a team meeting, and I was talking about the last days, and the horses, and the horses in the book of Revelation, and it, there was, I was drawn to it, and I don't think that's, uh, I don't think that's unusual right now, uh, I've always been around that, but I don't think it's unusual right now for individuals, including many of you, for, for maybe the first time, or maybe recalled, you're being drawn to those things, and I believe the Holy Spirit is doing that, that's not my work, that's not your work. That's the Holy Spirit. I mean, I literally had a book after I started reading the, four, the, the Approaching Hoofbeats. It's a book I'm doing a small group on. After I started reading it again, I've had that book for years. Uh, I, this is not, this just happened. Don't take it for more than it's worth. But I was like, ah, oh, I'm reading The Horseman and I'm back in it and the Holy Spirit's drawing me in. And then, you know, I'm seeing prophecies and of course the world's kind of sideways. So everybody's wondering what's up, even if they're not believers. And uh, I walk into my office and a book falls off my shelf. And it's, and it's a book called The Rapture. I'm like, really, God? <laughs> now, I'm not reading too much into that, but it happened, and I hadn't touched that book in years. And yet, uh, when I think of the last days, uh, there's a scripture that I, that I default to probably because I heard it in my youth. And it's in, actually, it's in two places in the word at least. It's referred to a lot of times. Jesus referred to it. Um, some writers in the New Testament referred to it. But it comes from, the, in, in, in the New Testament, the first time we see it, uh, is in the book of Acts, and it's Peter. Now, some reference. Um, 
let me give you a little bit of reference, first of all, because we got all kinds of people in the room. And I asked my daughter-in-law if I could tell this story. You guys have heard Pastor Brian's lettuce story. Somebody tells him the price of lettuce, and he goes, oh, that's interesting, because he has no clue what the price of lettuce is, right? And then he told first and 10, do it again. If you, I can't go over that. Well, I'm going to show you my own story. Um, and I say this because you're in the room, and, and maybe you're not a believer yet. Maybe you're a baby in Christ, and maybe you're a mature believer. And, and God knows that. The Spirit of God knows that as I minister. I'm very conscious of that. My pastor's very conscious of that. Because there are things that we say, and I just know, and yet I want the Spirit of the Lord to teach you, and it might be new to you. So anyway, here's, here's the story that I have. We went to a ball game a couple years ago on Mother's Day. I have a wife who let me take her to a baseball game for Mother's Day. Somebody say amen. 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 Well, I took my mother-in-law, my wife, and my daughter-in-law, and we go to the baseball game. Now, I, I have literally watched thousands of hours of baseball. My kids grew up playing baseball, did travel baseball. baseball ba I liked baseball before I had kids. I used to go watch baseball just to see the weird things that happen on the field. So I'm, I'm, I've got it. I get it, right? Well, we go to the game, and we sit down, and we have good seats, and I'm excited about the good seats, and Sam's there, and, and Grandma's there, and, Mom, and Michelle's there, and we're watching the game. Well, I, I just... I just took it for granted that everybody knows all about baseball. So I, I'm, I started sharing little intricacies during the game of see how the third baseman's moving over towards the shortstop. That's because he thinks this hitter's going to hit it that way. And I'm thinking I'm all that in a bag of chips, right? Telling him all about baseball, right? Seriously. And, and we enjoyed the game. We had a good time. Uh, I think even the ladies enjoyed the game. And then we leave the game. And after I do all that in-depth study of the ball game, and I think the Twins won. If I, did they win? We don't even, Sam doesn't remember. Sam's my daughter-in-law, by the way. I get to pick on her a lot now that she's in my family. Anyway, we're driving away, and I'm going to take them to, to lunch because I wasn't going to get away with just a baseball game. So I'm taking them to lunch, and on the way there, I said, dude, that was a fun game. Did you guys enjoy it? And Sam says, yeah, but I got a question. And I'm like, okay, because obviously I have all the answers. <laughs> so she says, I have a question. I said, what is it? She goes, how come every once in a while the guy at the plate just gets to walk to first base. And I'm like, oh my goodness. She didn't know what a walk was. Oh my goodness. Now, some of you might not be laughing because you're not sure what a walk is. And that's okay. <laughs> Trust me, they're in here. Why do I say that? Because as I read to you scriptures like this, and I preach things to you today that the Spirit of God has put into my heart, I'm well aware that for some of you, this might be brand new. You've never heard this before. And for others of you, you can teach a class, and you will be teaching classes on this kind of stuff. And you dive into it on Thursday and on Wednesday and on Tuesday, because you know what? You can, and you should. But I also know that for some it's new. But let me give you this scripture in Acts, because this is what I grew up with. And, in, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Everybody say visions. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Everybody say dreams. Yeah. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Now, this, this was taught by Peter. It was really the first... Uh, message, if you will, preaching that happened in the book of Acts after the Holy Spirit fell upon the earth in that way, in a new way, the way that had been promised, the way that my father will send, Jesus said, the Spirit, and he will lead you into truth. He will guide you, and he will give you power to be witnesses. This was that message, and Peter stood up, and he said, this is it. This is the last days. 
And I was thinking about that. I said, if that was the last days, what's this? Somebody say amen. Amen. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit. Now, the other thing that was shaking to them is this was first seen in, he was, he was quoting Joel, uh, the book of Joel in chapter 2. Uh, this was three, anywhere scholars say anywhere, three to 800 years before Christ. This, the, he was prophesying this. Why was that earth shaking? Because in the Old Testament and in the Old Covenant, the spirit of God primarily came upon, upon I didn't say in, came upon the prophet, the priest, and the king. That was normal. And, and every once in a while, you'd see it manifest other places. Now, God was saying, no, 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 no. I am going to pour it out upon my sons and my daughters. I'm going to pour it out on anyone who believes. Here it comes. Get ready. Here it comes. Get ready. How many of you could use a little God reign in your life right now? Whew. Man. I, we work at a place where I, have to, I get to water the grass. Pastor Tommy did a message. I get to go to work. I, get to, I still use that every day, Pastor Tommy. I get to go to work. If you get to go to work, say amen. amen. If you don't, God will provide a way. But I get to go water the grass. And I'm telling you, when there's dry out, I could move that sprinkler 150 times and try to get those dry spots. And then it kind of made me mad one time because I was working, working, working for days, moving it around, trying to get it. It was kind of turning green. And then it rains for like 15 minutes and the grass goes green. I'm like, thanks, God, because you've done that three days ago. Because here's the thing. God can do in an instant what we think we try to do in a week or a month. Or a year. Somebody say, thank God for the rain. Woo! I read that to you for this reason. God's got a plan, and we need to stick to the plan. God gives, I said last week, God gives us insights into what is to come to prepare us, not to scare us. And, and I, I received a call from Bill this week even, and uh, Bill, uh, is, it, Bill and Pastor Tim are doing uh, the book of Daniel small groups. They'll start next week, sign-ups. Book of Daniel together, and they're going to dive deep into those things, and that's wonderful, and some of you need to be in that class, because God is drawing you to a study of those things, and I'm encouraging you to be a part of that. I get to do, I'm going to do one on approaching hoofbeats, um, and I'm going to, now here's the thing, in my group, I'm not there, I'm going to be there to go with you through it and try to read it and figure out what God's saying and what he's doing. In my group, we will take communion. We'll do, I do one in the day and one at night, that'll be coming out, but, but here's what Bill, Bill said, oh, Pastor John. I, and if I'm wrong, Bill, correct me, call me Tuesday. Anyway, I think what he said was, wait, did, I, I said some things about, you know, the, the horses that are coming, and, and I talked about birth pangs. If you were here, you heard me talk about Braxton Hicks, these false, it's not, Pastor Brian said, well, they're not false, they get to feel them. I'm like, you're right, they're real, but they don't produce the baby, because the real, anyway, uh, what he was asking me was, I want to be clear, we're not in the tribulation. Somebody say amen. amen. We are not. Matter of fact, I'm out of here before that. But leading up to that, there's crazy stuff going to happen. Crazy stuff. Go read Matthew 24, the first part of it. Go read it. It's all there. And uh, the reason I'm emphasizing that right now is because I said this. God gives us insights to prepare us and get us ready, not to scare us. If you get afraid by any of this, I'm here to tell you, there is, there is one named Jesus who came to break every chain that could ever hold you down. He came, he died. Oh, that was really sad. I'm just going to be honest. We will eventually. Listen, Jesus came to set you free. 
and his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And he wants to walk you through this stuff. And there is crazy on the earth. We call that Tuesday. But you don't have to be afraid because God gave you everything you need in this life and the life to come through Jesus Christ. That's what the word says. So I said, God didn't tell us this to, to scare us. He told us to prepare us. But I did say this. It's time for us to know God. When I talk about that, when I say his yoke is easy, his burden is light, sometimes I'm almost in trepidation when I get into these things because here's the thing. There's three things that you need to hold on to right now, right now in this day. You need to hold on to the word of God like never before. I challenged some of you. I said, do you know? And this, see, this is where I don't want to get into condemnation because you'd be like, oh, you're always trying to make me do stuff. I don't want you to do anything. I'm just praying for you that you could know God so you could find freedom, discover your purpose, and live out your life in a difference-making way. But in order to do that, you're going to need the word. You, have, you cannot do it without the word. You have to keep it close. Now, I said, do you know where your Bible is? And actually, it was cool because even online, somebody got born again online. On our online platform, somebody got born again. And they said, do you have a Bible? She said, yep, I got my Bible. Good. Keep your Bible close. Now, Pastor Tim told me the next day, he said, when I heard you say that, I was thinking, well, which one, Pastor John? Because he's got a stack, a whole shelf of them. And that's good, too. I got about four or five. But I'm, I care that you have this word not just on paper. I care that you, you meditate on this word every day and get it in your heart. It's a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. It's water. It's bread. It's health. He said, you read this word, you'll find health. Anybody need health in your body today? Read the word, you'll find health. Read the word, you'll find health. I didn't say that, God did. This is health to your bones right here. Oh, so I'm emphatic about that, but... But don't take that as an obligation. Take that as an opportunity. And then prayer. You can't live without prayer. That's why I will pray it's God's way. And here's the thing. When you pray, you need to begin to start to learn to pray. No matter if you've been a Christian for five minutes or 55 years, you need to begin to pray again with expectancy. I'm talking about a real expectancy. God, you're going to move because I'm asking you to move, God. You said in your word this, God, so I bring it to your remembrance, God. Pastor Tim and I had a discussion about that this week. There absolutely, you need to bring God's word to his remembrance. Why? Because he forgot? No, because he's looking for faith. And when faith comes, when the word comes, and when the word's in you and it comes out of you, God sees it, God hears it. But you need to begin to pray with an expectancy. Some of you have stopped praying with any kind of expectancy. You're praying with hopelessness. Now, hopelessness is real. But God wants you to pray when you see a promise in his word. He wants you to pray with expectancy. And whatever situation you're facing, he has the answer for right here. We already did this week, but the Lord is my shepherd. I will not. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not. You know, it doesn't matter what your need is in your life. Do you know that God can do in one second what you couldn't do in a year? But I got to pray, Lord, you're my shepherd I will not want. Father, I see needs in my life. I see needs in my family. I see needs in my church. But God, you're our shepherd and we will not want. That's the kind of prayers God wants to hear today from you and from me. We need to pray with consistency. If the only time you pray is when you're in trouble, you're in trouble. Now, you've heard me preach. I'm all into this prayer. Help me, Jesus. Like, I've probably said that 15 times from one of these pulpits over there, over here. I'm, 
I'm not saying if you're in trouble, don't cry out to Jesus. But if you're going to be a disciplined follower of the anointed one, that can't be the only time you pray. Somebody say amen. amen. Pastor John spitting. <laughs> I'm just trying to help you. I'm just trying to help you. I'm just trying to help you. God's got this. Somebody say that. God's got this. I, I end a lot of emails right now with God's got this. Because in the middle of all this, <laughs> I need to remember something. God's got this, baby girl. God's got this. <laughs> and you need to pray with preparation in mind. You need to prepare. When you pray, when you pray and you start asking God for things, are you preparing? Are you doing the things in the natural to prepare you for what's coming? Are you? If you're praying for rain, I warned Toby I was going to do this. If you're praying for rain, oh, Lord, help us. Yeah, don't be like Pastor John. If you're praying for rain, are you preparing for rain? If you're praying for rain, then start preparing like it's going to rain. That, that's the kind of prayers God needs right now from people. Somebody say amen. amen. I will pray because it's God's way. But I will also prepare. Do you know that God's got something for you? God's got something for you to do. God's got a plan. God's got a way. Jesus is the way, but God's got a specific plan for you, each and every one of you. It's not my job to tell you what that is. It's the Holy Spirit's. And he will lead you and he will guide you. And on that course, you're going to have to pray. And there are things you're going to have to believe God for. And you're not going to see him right away, but you've got to keep preparing. You've got to keep getting ready. You've got to keep preparing and you've got to keep getting ready. And some of that is in you. And God's got to get stuff out of you. And then there's other things God wants to put in you. Do you know that that happens in prayer? Now, when I start talking about prayer, we, we can pray corporately. We can pray together, right? And you can pray on Sunday and that's good, right? You can pray. Now, there's the scripture, pray without ceasing. I talk to God all day long. That's truth. But, but I'm going to tell you, you need both. You need times where you shut the door and you go up on the mountain like Jesus did and it's you and God and you're praying. And you got your Bible and you're praying God's word and you're looking into the word and you're asking God questions and you're just asking him with the idea that he's going to show you where to go and what to do. Amen? But you, you can pray without ceasing too. I used to be at work, though. I'll say this, Ashton. Ashton has a job in work. I pray at work, but I didn't sit in my office. Oh, some of you just got tripped up there. <laughs> Sorry, that's the Holy Spirit. I didn't sit in my office screaming like that. Now, if God called me to, brother, I will. Because I ain't afraid. But see, what I did is I would just have, you know what the word says? Making, making songs in your heart. Making melody unto the Lord. Anybody who works at Joy Christian Center knows they'll hear me singing sometimes. Just walking around singing. You know what? I'm not doing that for your benefit because you don't like it anyway because it don't sound good. But I know what I'm doing. I'm making melody in my heart. I'm praying to God without ceasing. I'm talking to him all day long. But I also have times when I get in my closet and I pray down the things from heaven, down on this earth. I pray for my family. How many of you did the prayer at the beginning of this year? Raise your hand. 
How many of you did the prayer right here where you came up and prayed with Pastor Brian and Shelly? Here's the thing God showed me. You need to remember even what you prayed for then. And you need to get back on your knees and start praying for those things. And you need to start believing. I'm telling you this. I prayed something very specific for my children, and those things have come to pass. And I didn't see how God was going to do it. I don't even necessarily like how God did it, but God did it. Because I'm not God. He's God. Actually, he's so much smarter than me. But you have to pray with consistency, and you have to pray with expectancy. And we need to listen to our Father God. When, when we ask questions, when we pray, listen. Take time to listen. Listen through his word. I can't tell you the number of times that I've opened up this word when I've been asking hard, hard questions. And I've opened up this word, and I started reading somewhere. And all of a sudden, the answer that I was looking for was right there. It was right there. And I used to say, how do he do that? How do it do that? It do that because it's alive. This is alive. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. His name was Jesus. But this is his word, and he has answers right here. So pray with expectancy, but then listen to God. And when the prophet prayed, and he, and he talked to God, in Jeremiah, he said, so Jeremiah, this is what God said back to Jeremiah. When Jeremiah said, God, there's problems. God, there's challenges, and you can't do things that way. You shouldn't be doing it that way, God. God, you shouldn't, and he's talking to God. Now, that's authenticity. Well, here's the thing. God's going to answer. So listen for the answer. Because God said, oh, Jeremiah, if you're worn out by the foot race with men, what makes you think you can race against horses? All right, I'm going to take this off over. He said, don't talk while you're taking it off. I listen real good, huh, Toby? God said to the prophet, he said, if you're getting tired by the foot race with men, how are you going to run with the horses? And the reason God put this series on my heart is this. Church, there's all kinds of things God's getting ready to do. Good things. Good things, God things, the rain is coming, the promises are coming, the move of God is coming like never before, but you've got to be ready, and you've got to stop getting worn out by the footmen, because it's time to outrun the horses. Somebody say amen. amen. It's time to outrun the horses, church. It's time to stop playing church. This ain't time to mess around, and I'm talking about individually, it's not time for us to play around. God always has a perspective of people living on a different level. God always has a perspective of his people living on a different level than the world. Somebody say amen. C plus, Toby? C minus? God always had a perspective. I don't know about you, but I do a lot of social stuff, and I'm looking all the time. Put up this slide. I forgot to show it last week. Anybody have this feeling? You've seen that. Me looking outside to see what chapter of Revelation we're doing today. Now, we can laugh. <laughs> and then I go, I wonder which one we are in. <laughs> like, right? We, we got to get serious about this stuff, church. We got to run with the horses and outrun the horses. In Matthew 24, Jesus said, you will hear wars nearby and revolutions on every side with more rumors of wars to come. And then he said these words to his followers, but don't panic or give in to your fears. But don't panic or give in to your fears. For the breaking apart of the world system is destined to happen, but it won't yet be the end. It will be unfolding. So sometimes we just got to pray, Jesus, you told me not to be afraid. And I know last night I was afraid. I got afraid. Anybody get afraid sometimes? You, getting afraid is different than living in fear, by the way. That's why you have the Holy Spirit, his word, and Jesus to guide you. 
And it's okay to say, God, I was afraid. God, I am afraid. God, help me. And then he'll lead you to words like this where he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because God's got this. But you do that in prayer. You do that through prayer. You do that through talking to God, that time with God. That's where you're going to hear his voice. That's where you're going to hear him. Now, I hear him throughout my day. Don't get me wrong. Where's Mary? Mary, you in here? Mary. Mary will tell the truth. I think it was Monday. Monday I came to work and truth be told, I came to work, and I was like, I got to do my quiet time. And I, Anybody ever put off your quiet time? Okay, just one person. Hallelujah. The rest of you, <laughs> champions in the kingdom you are. Champions in the kingdom you are. Listen, I put off my quiet time, and then I have 9.30 meetings where we go through stuff, and we talk. All of a sudden, 12 o'clock came, and 1 o'clock, I don't know what time. It was probably leaving, right, Mary? And I, I went to Mary. I said, hey, Mary, I learned something today. Don't put off your quiet time. There's something special about hearing from God. Now, I'm, I'm, you could be a nighttime person, that's fine. But listen, it will change your day when you get that word from God in that silence and that quiet because you can hold on to it through the rest of the day because you're going to need it. And we're going to need it in these days for sure. And then we talked about the four horsemen in the book of Revelation. And we, we talked about outrunning the horses. I don't know why God wants the church. I talked to people this week. And I talked to people before I even preached on this four horses out of the book of Revelation. They, God is drawing them. They, they read the Bible. They're going to the book of Revelation and reading it. And you'd say, oh, no, don't start. Th- Can I tell you something? The book of Revelation has been sitting there the whole time. It didn't just pop into your Bible. And we laugh. Because, you know, I don't read that. I don't understand that. I told you last week, just go read it. Just read it from beginning to end. Don't try to figure it all out. Just read it once. Let the Holy Spirit lead you and read it from beginning to end. It's really not, it's, I was looking at paintings from the year like 1400 of the book. They've always been drawn to that. And then, and then why? Well, I don't know, because there's stuff coming on the earth that we think, oh no, God wouldn't do that. God's, God's already said forth, it's going to happen. The horses will ride. They will. And, and I can be prepared. I don't have to be scared. God wants you prepared. God wants your loved Anybody got loved ones you're praying for to know Jesus? Amen. God, God doesn't want them to have to go through and suffer. God wants them to have what you have, a rock, a shelter, a strong tower. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it, and they are safe. Ooh, that's what I pray. <laughs> But the horsemen are going to ride. The white horse is the horse of deception and disruption. The white horse will ride across the globe and it will bring deception, great deception. You know what's weird about deception? If you're deceived, you don't know it. Think about that. If you're deceived, you don't know it. Because if you knew you were deceived, you wouldn't be deceived. Real complicated, Pastor John. But that horse will ride. As a matter of fact, the spirit of that horse is obviously already riding. The spirit of the Antichrist The spirit of the Antichrist is already in the earth. That white horse. The red horse is going to ride. I didn't like the red horse because he's going to take peace from people's hearts. The red horse is going to be there to take peace from people's hearts. Literally snatch it away. You know what? I'm not afraid because I know Jehovah Shalom. He is the God who is my peace. Where did you learn all that, Pastor John? Right here. Right here. You got this book, right? You know where your Bible is? Go read it. Pick it up. You're going to read something, and you're going to go, man, at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, you're going to go, I'm so glad God showed me that at 7.30 this morning. I'm serious, totally serious. That's what he does. Randy's getting ready to do a group. If you say, I don't know how to do this, Randy's getting ready to do groups with men, teaching men how to do that. Amen, Randy? 
teaching men how to do that. I don't know how to do that. Don't just get together with other men and learn how to do that. It's, can I be more plain than that? Just, just do it. Remember, you can pray all day, but are you preparing? Because there are natural things you've got to do to prepare. His yoke is easy, his burden is light. But there's still some things you have to do to prepare, even though the rain's coming, even though the goodness is coming. Then the black horse comes. I didn't even want to talk about the black horse last week. Black horse, he brings complete, now not complete, actually, Bill called me this week. I'm putting a, a, a homework out for you. I didn't come to church to get homework. And in in, if you wouldn't see when the black horse is released, he, he's sent to bring lack to planet Earth. Complete lack. Lack, not complete though. Because there's an interesting part. The scripture's only about that long. It says the black horse was set forth to bring uh, scarcity to the earth. But then the spirit of the Lord said, but don't touch the oil and don't touch the, the wine. Thank you, brother. He said, don't touch the oil. Don't, maybe you need to call me and tell me. what." Because I was like, Lord, what is that? And I started reading about it. I did. I, I like that stuff. But I, I'm not going to stand here and tell you I know everything about that because I don't. But I know this. The black horse will ride and it'll bring scarcity to the earth. That's going to happen, people. That's going to happen. I'm not afraid. Why? I got Jesus. And you can too. You don't have to be afraid of this stuff. You shouldn't. You should not be afraid. Say amen. amen. <laughs> not if you know Jesus. And that's easy. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Then the pale horse rides. On the pale horse, disease and death sweep the globe. Now, this, 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 we won't be here. And, uh, you know, 25% of the earth is going to be destroyed by the pale horse that rides. Does anybody know how many people that is? Take a stab. 25% of the world's population will be died during that time. How many? Uh, I thought I had it up there and Gordy was cheating. I don't have it up there. You can't cheat. No, it's like two billion. Two billion people will die when the pale horse rides. Whew. Thanks, Pastor John. That's real inspiring. I'm just telling you what the book says, folks. It's there. Pick it up. Read it. The instructions to the believer that come along with that kind of stuff. The, 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 in 1 Thessalonians, Paul wrote, and he said, hey, the, the, the day is coming when the trumpet's going to sound. The church is going to be snatched up to be with Jesus. We're going to meet him in the clouds. We are going to be gone. Say amen. If you're going to be gone, shout amen. amen. Oh, I want everybody to be able to shout that with authority. I'm going. When he comes, I'm gone. I'm out of here. You can have this shirt. And my grandson's got a matching shirt wherever he is. You can have them both. Because he's going with me with Jesus. My shirt will be here. You can have it. No, you won't, you won't be here. I don't want you here. I, did, I remember shirts like that when I was growing up. In case of rapture, this shirt is yours. That's where I got that, by the way. This, Teresa probably wore one. She does. She probably still has it. But, but in that book where he did that, then God gave very specific instructions to the church. So what do we do if this is coming, if that day's coming? Here's what he said in the meantime. He, and I went through the first ones last week. He said, run with ministry. If you want to outrun the horses, run with ministry. Church, I got news for you. God called you to serve somebody. Somehow, some way, somewhere, serve other people. That's called ministry. Just don't stop, not now, don't stop, not now. And then with covering, he said, run with, run with ministry, run with cover. I think I skipped it. Run with covering. Run with coverings means this. You got a church, and it's got a pastor, and that pastor is our covering, and we need to run with our pastors right now. We need to pray for our pastors right now like never before. We need to pray for the pastors in every church in this city like never before. Church, it's time. 
Don't run without cover. Don't run without cover. Now's not the time. Now's not the time. And I don't know why the Spirit of the Lord is saying that to me so loudly. You know, it's one thing when a pastor will get up and say, you need to go to church. You know what? I, I could care less if you clock into the building. I do care if you're a part of the local body of Jesus Christ. And you have a pastor who speaks into your life anointed things of God for such a time as this. I care. I care. Now's not the time to run without covering. And then I said, run with grace. Mercy and grace are a beautiful thing because if you've received mercy and you've received grace, you know how to give it out. And the world needs Christians who aren't normal. They run around giving out mercy and grace. Imagine the lady who runs your foot over at the grocery store. Runs into it at the back of your cart, not once, but twice. And you turn around and you say, you know what? That, that hurt. Are you okay? I don't know if you saw me, but I'm here. I just want to know, are you okay? I know, that it's not, that's not normal, is it? You're not normal. You're not normal. We got to give out grace and mercy. Why? Because I think there's a world who will notice it like this. When you do, I think there's a world that's full of darkness and confusion right now, and, and the spirit of the, the horses is out there, and they're confused, and they're looking for somebody to even show forth a tiny bit of light, and when you minister grace to people out there in the world, they're going to recognize it. One thing about light that's powerful, when you shine it in darkness, ooh, it shows, and if you can minister grace, and you can run with grace and mercy towards other people, that's a God thing. That's what he said in Thessalonians. Be graceful. Be full of grace. And then I said, run with joy. I, I used my brother Joe. Listen, the joy that you have, the world didn't give it to you, and the world can't take it away. And some of you believers need to understand, you got to start running with joy. Quit complaining all the time. Quit talking about all the things that are going wrong. Start talking about the rain. Start talking about the freedom. Start talking about the God things. Start talking about the exciting revival that's going to take place on planet Earth before this all hell really does break loose. Amen. Run with joy. You know, be that weird person. Jesus is coming soon. So be that guy. I'd rather have somebody walk up to me if I'm hurting who says Jesus is coming soon than just gets alongside me and agrees, yeah, the world stinks. Any, anybody can do that, Christians. We got to talk higher. We got to live higher. We got to be higher. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, we can't do any of this without the Spirit of the Lord. I want to clarify something. You don't do this alone. This isn't on your own strength. This isn't in your own power. Say, the rains are coming. The rains are here, folks. It's time to start living in the reign of the Holy Spirit. It shall come to pass in the last days. Well, if that was the last days, what's this? Say, I need the rain, Lord. You ain't called to do this alone. Run with joy. Run with gratitude. Anybody else do this? I started making a list during COVID cuckoo. No, I started making a list of the God things that have been taking place during this time. Because it's real easy to focus on the things that have gone wrong and the things you don't like and the things that have gone sideways. You take five minutes to start thinking about the things that God did during this crazy time. I'm going to pray for the children like I've never prayed for the children before. Mark my words, I am praying right now for the children of our communities like never before. But I got news for you. God's already been doing some good things between parents and their children. Parents have learned patience like they never knew they had. 
Somebody say amen. amen. See, God's doing good things. Write those things down. Rehearse those things. Be thankful for those things. Oh, God is shaking some things out of the church. I'm talking about you and me, not the building. I'm talking about you and me. God's shaking some things out, and there's some God things going on. And we need to remember those things and be thankful for those things. And then he said, run with discernment. Test all things. Test everything. Test everything. What's the list? Of, how do you test it? Test it right here. Does it line up here? If it don't line up here, then it ain't God. If it's sideways to this, then it ain't God. Test all things, he said to the church. How, you run with discernment. <laughs> run with discernment. That's not God. That's not good. Anybody ever hear something that sounds good, but in your spirit, you know that's not God. That's not good. I do all the time. Run with discernment, he told us in Thessalonians. And then he said, run with wisdom. You know what wisdom is? Knowledge, Billy Graham said this, knowledge is, is this way. It's horizontal. Wisdom is this way. It's vertical. And when you discern and you test all things, wisdom is just holding on to the God things, the good things, and letting go of the evil things. Let them go. Get rid of them. Put them behind you. Walk away from them. Somebody say, walk away from them. Walk away, walk away. Do you know the word repent? It just means to turn and go the other direction. Like you were going one way, you turned and went the other way. That's, that, that's not complicated to understand. And if God shows you there's something in your life that's not a God thing, that it's not a good thing, then that means it's not wisdom. And you need to turn from it and walk away from it. Serious. We've all got those things in our life, every single one of us. Every single one of us. That's why God said, run with discernment and run with wisdom. Because now is a day to run with discernment and run with wisdom. Now is not a day, because you want to outrun the horses, that's why. Then he said, run with prayer. Now I'm going to focus on prayer a little bit. Again, there are so many resources out there. When you say, I don't know how to pray, do you know that you can get really God good resources in minutes now, in your fingertips, most of us? Most of us, not all of us. Now, we've got resources. We'll get you resources. But I, I, did, I just did finish the 21 days of prayer with somebody who was doing 21 days of prayers online for 21 days. And I probably did 17 days of 21 days of prayer. You know. But what did I do? I prayed. You know what you can do? You can pray. You can find resources. You can get on board. We're doing a week of prayer in September. At the end of September into the first week of October, this church is going to do a week of prayer. That's a beautiful thing. Pray, 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 pray. I saw that Franklin Graham on that Saturday before that is doing a prayer in Washington, D.C., where Christians come together and they begin to pray for the things of this nation. Pray, pray, run with prayer, run with prayer. Prayer should be a part of our lives. And that's what he said in Thessalonians, run with prayer. And here's what I'm going to say to you. Keep praying, keep asking, keep believing. There's a story in the Bible that Jesus told his disciples a parable, and he said there was a woman, and she went to the man, and the man wasn't a godly man. He didn't care about God, and he didn't care about people, and she kept coming to that man and bothering him, and finally he said this. He said, Jesus told this story. That ungodly man who didn't care about God or people, he said, give her what she wants so she'll quit bothering me. Now, I thought about that. I said, wait, God, are you saying I'm bothering you? No, not at all. As a matter of fact, he was contrasting the wicked man knew to give it just because she kept asking, how much more is your good father ready to give you what you're believing for, what you're praying for, what you've been asking for? Don't stop asking. Don't stop believing. Don't stop asking. Keep on asking. Well, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. How many of you have that in your heart? I do too. But here's the thing. 
there, there, there's a time when you don't see the thing that you believe God for. You've been praying for it for years. I know a mother who prayed for 30 years till their children began serving God. 30 years they prayed. And sometimes when you pray and you believe you receive, you've got to keep on praying. You've got to keep on asking. You've got to keep on believing. And you pray the promise. I have this up there. Pray the promise. Find in God's word where he said this is true. You know what mine was for my family? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I prayed that for a long time. God, you said in your word, as for me and my house, we will serve you. Well, God, my whole family's not serving you. So God, I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep asking. Some of you gave up. Don't give up. Go back. God, you said. God, you said. God, you said. Pray with authority. Pastor Brian, at some point in the next series, is going to talk on authority, your, per, your position. You, you, I can't go here. You have position as a believer. Even the enemy knows your position. The problem is you haven't taken the time to learn it yourself. As a believer in Christ, you, are, you have authority. A God-given authority that Jesus gave to his disciples that the Holy Spirit now gives you. And you're supposed to walk in it and talk in it and live in it. And you got to start praying that way. Thy kingdom come, God. Thy will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Woo! There was a, I'll end with this. Oh, Pastor John, how long do we pray? There's, there's some verses. Scripture, it's one of my favorites, and one day I'm going to preach it, but it's not that day. But it's found in 1 Kings. And the prophet was called to go to the leaders. And this is the word that God gave him. He said, go present yourself to Ahab, Elijah. Go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. Go present yourself to Ahab. And what did, what did God say? He would do what? God said, I will do what? Listen, I want you to say it with your mouth. God said what? He said, I will send rain. He told the prophet, I'm going to send rain. You go to the leader and you do what you're told. Now, there's a whole, you can go read it between, there's, you, you know where your Bible is. You can go read it. There's a whole showdown on Mount Carmel that takes place. One day I'll preach that, but that's not what this is about. Because the prophet got the word from God. God said, I will send rain. How many of you know if God said, I will send rain, rain's coming? Yet, yet, catch this, yet catch this. In 1 Kings, after the showdown, after God spoke the word about the rain, and Elijah said to Ahab, listen, this is after the showdown, Elijah said to Ahab, go and eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. The prophet said, I hear rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed up to the top of the mountain, and he bent down to the ground, and he put his face between his knees, and then he told the servant, go and look towards the sea. He told, he told his servant, and the servant went up and looked. And he said, there is nothing there. And he said, listen, seven times he went through this. He prayed, he got on his knees, and he said, God, I thank you for the rain. God, I thank you that you're sending rain. And he sent his servant and said, go look. And the servant looked, and he came back and said, there's no rain. And he did that again, and he did it 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 again, seven times. He prayed after God said, I'm going to send rain. He kept praying, and he said, God, send the rain that you promised. That's the kind of church that God is looking for, the church that will not stop praying. 
And not stop believing that God's things that he said will come to pass will come to pass, not tomorrow, today. God, send them today. God, I believe you. And the prophet, now listen, you guys know, most of you know this story. If you haven't been in church, some of you don't know what a walk is, so I'll tell you what happened. The seventh time the servant reported a cloud as small as a man's hand came rising up out of the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. He, he told him, it's getting ready to rain hard. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose, a heavy rain started falling and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. Now listen, here's the good part. Ready? I want to see this in the VCR in heaven. It says the prophet, he lifted up, his, lifted up his stuff, and he started doing this, and God said, run, and the prophet, listen, it says the prophet outran the chariot to the destination. God is crazy cool, and God's got this. Church, God's got this. I don't have to worry. I don't have to be afraid. I just got to believe that the rain is here. The rain that I need for my family is here. The rain that I need for my city is here. The rain that I need for Minnesota is here. The rain that I need for America is here. The rain that I need for the world is here. It came because God poured it out. And now I'm going to prepare, and I'm going to keep praying, and I'm going to not stop praying. Except for today, I'm done. I want to pray for you today. Some of you heard this and the spirit of the Lord is raising up inside of you. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes. The spirit of the Lord said something to me this week that was, that was so real. He's been saying it to me for a few weeks. There are things, there are things concerning vision. When I say run with vision, vision means what, what is your purpose? What has God called you to? And he said, your young men and your young women, they're gonna have visions. God has called you to something. And God, the Spirit of the Lord began to show me that, that God is doing in a much increased time things that used to take human time longer. God is speeding that up in the Spirit. God is speeding it up in the Spirit. Here's what I'm saying to you. Especially if you're between, I don't know why this came to me, between the ages of 12 and 30, God's got an assignment for you. It's very real. And God, God doesn't look at things like the world looks at things. God is wanting to speed up inside of you the things that he has for you. He wants to prepare you. He wants to lift you up. He wants to show you. And those things will happen on God's time if you trust the Lord, if you begin to seek him, if you begin to honor him, if you turn away from the things that you need to turn away from, God will raise you up and he will pour out his spirit upon you. Now is the day, now is the time. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those that are hearing my voice. Lord, I thank you that your spirit is upon them. Father, I thank you that if your sons and your daughters, Father, would just look to you, that God, you send the rain into their life. Father, there are those that are here today. If you're here today and you're going through a time of pain, I want you with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're going through a time of pain, a time of hurt, it doesn't feel good, and you hear these words, and yet you're not sure how you could even do the things that the spirit of the Lord is asking you to do, because you're in a place of pain, I want you to lift up your hand. I want you to lift up your hand. 
I want you to lift up your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you that you would bring healing in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that by your spirit, Father, for those that are lifting up their hands, God, you know their place of pain. Father, you came to heal the brokenhearted and to bind up their wounds. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for these that have lifted up their hands, Father God, that you would begin to do a healing thing inside of them, that by your spirit, Father God, you would begin to heal them spirit, soul, and body. In Jesus' mighty name, I speak life into you. I speak life over you. I thank you, Lord God, that you're doing miracles. I thank you, Father God, that what used to take a long time is no longer taking any time. When you move, God, things are healed. When you move, God, things happen. So, Father, I pray for these that are hurting. I thank you, Lord, when they look into your word, they're going to find healing. They're going to find bread. Father, I pray that your spirit would encourage them. Father, I thank you by the name and the power of Jesus Christ that, Father, that darkness is broken. I bind up the spirit that would blind the minds in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I'm going to have you stand up. Everybody stand up. If you're online, I want you just to begin to just praise God. Father, we thank you. I'm going to let you go in two minutes, all right? Just do this with me. Close your eyes and just lift up your hands. Father God, we thank you for the rain. Father, we thank you for the places of our life that are dry. God, we give you permission to pour out your spirit into those dry places. God, I pray that you would begin to pour out your spirit in our families. God, you would begin to pour out your spirit in our living rooms. God, in our places of work. We're going to worship you in our heart. We're going to sing songs to you. And God, as we do that, I thank you that in the dry places of the employment where we go, God, your spirit would begin to move like never before. God, I thank you that you do that through your people. God, let us be carriers of the river. God, let us be rivers of living water that would flow from our bellies, that God, it would touch the world around us. Father, you see these hands lifted up. God, they're asking you. They're seeking you. They're believing you. So God, I pray that you would pour out your spirit on their lives, that they would live a life, Father, beginning on this day, unlike any day before, that, God, you would begin to do a work in their hearts, a quick work, Father, a work that's based on your time, not man's time. God, I thank you that your church is going to rise up during this day. Father, we will shine brightly in our communities. We will shine brightly, Father God, in the places where you send us, and we will truly be a family church that is teaching people to reach their world, not by our own might, not by our own power, but by your spirit, Lord God. I thank you for your refreshing. In Jesus' mighty name, and the church said, amen, amen, amen. amen. We love you. We love you. We love you.